Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining us on the show is Aaron Cantrell from Aaron Cantrell Fitness, located over in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Aaron. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Doing pretty good. Almost uh, messed up the Aaron and the Ann there, but anyway. That's all right. Um, Aaron, I'm very excited to have you here today uh, to learn more about what you're you know, doing as the gym owner. You've been here for 12 years now. Yes. Um, so let's start off a little philosophical in a way. Okay. What was the inspiration for you to become you know, a gym owner? You know, I'm actually in a college town, so I get asked this quite a bit. So we get a lot of like young entrepreneurs coming out of college and they want to do an interview. I'm always happy to talk to them. And I don't have this like great story. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. I actually was, um, so I was, I was a personal, I used to coach and I was a personal trainer. And then, so I worked for other people mm-hmm. and then I, I was managing um, a fitness studio for somebody else. And we just kind of butt heads and didn't agree. And I left. Oh, wow. And okay. I, <laughs> when I left, I didn't know what I was going to do. It was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to continue or if I will continue. And I had a group of probably three women who are very close to me to this day who said, Aaron, you need to open up your own space. You need to do this. You know, you've got the following. You've got a great program. Let's do it. And I was like, you're crazy. I am not doing that. Like, I know what it takes to run it back because I did it. So I know what it takes to run yeah. it back to the gym. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And I was like, you know, I'll train you guys. Like, I'll keep training you guys. And it, yeah. and I did. And, you know, with enough, you know, persistence on their part, we just grew into a pretty good sized facility. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that was obviously training. like 12 years ago, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time yeah. has. And they're still great friends of mine and still train and yeah, it's I'm grateful to every year. I'm so grateful to them. Yeah. And that's, you know, one thing for the, you know, listeners who aren't gym owners yet really leverage relationships, like build oh, up those connections. Cause you know, they will be with you throughout your entire time period. If you really care about them. Um, Absolutely. So what would you say is your why with this gym business? Like, what are you working towards? You know, what's that big goal? That you're my why towards? is is my community. Um, I'm a mom. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. So I see the struggle of a lot of people, not just moms, but dads too. And I want to see people be healthy. That is my why. That is why I show up every day. That is why I drive my team every day to work their best so that we can help the people who live around us. And now we're lucky we're virtual as well. So now we train people all over the country. Mm. But, you know, we're lucky as trainers that it's such a rewarding job to see people do so well. And it's not about, I mean, the bodybuilders are great, but, you know, it's about just the everyday people who can, their lives change, right? They're happier, they're more excited, they're more energized, they do better at work, they're better in class, or they can grab their groceries easier. Those are huge um achievements for people and for us and we know that we help them do it yeah and you know looking back you know with each fitness professional 
before we get into this industry, the desire to serve people and improve their lives is already there. So, I mean, it sounds like you have consistently done that for your whole tenure here. And obviously you're still open. So yeah. Right. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So let's just future pace in a way, 12 months down the line now, let's just say January 10th, 2024. Where do you want this gym business to be? So this gym is very, it's, it does very well. Um, We are now looking to expand, open up another location. Um, So that'll be kind of like our next baby, our next step. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from just a private training studio, which I love, um, and especially as women business owners in our industry, that's kind of where we thrive and where we, um, take most of the business are these private training studios. And we've just expanded that to be, um, I do a lot of travel in my life and I, and I love to travel and try different gyms, whether it's yeah. in other parts of the country or outside the country. And the things that have always carried me through are, you know, yoga, uh, private training. I love private trainers. I hire private trainers all the time when I travel. People always ask me why I do that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to carry my own weights. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> I want somebody to set my weights up. Uh-huh. Um, and then group class, because group class to me, it's a com- that camaraderie is what's fun, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's fun to be, to work hard and sweat and know the person next to you is putting in the same effort. So that's what we did here is we built all three of those things. I've, I've always, my vision for this place was to do what I always love to do and what's kept me successful um, physically, right? So that yeah. I can then offer that to, to the rest of the community. Yeah. So like you're able to integrate each, you know, part that you wanted into the business and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you're getting the benefits, which means other people can get the benefits as well. Right. Um, so growth expansion is on the mind. Love to hear that. It's my favorite conversation to have on this podcast. So let's just dive right into what the business side of things looks like. So what are you doing for marketing right now? Well, actually first, you know, what have you done in the past that has worked and what hasn't worked? We're not heavy into marketing. Um, okay. I... I know this doesn't work for everybody, but for most of my business, I have not done any marketing. Um, we try to keep our Instagram page up to date. That's hard. I think every gym owner struggles, mm-hmm. but this is not easy unless you can hire it out. Um, but we just started. Um, we just started using ClassPass, which okay. if anybody felt feel the way I felt, like I was like, oh God, no, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. I'm not mm-hmm. selling a class for $6 or, but honestly, it's been great. Um, They've been, it's, we've only been with ClassPass for maybe a month and they've brought in quite a few people into our gym, which is really, if you look at it, you can look at it as a marketing cost, right? Like you take yeah. that difference, the marketing cost, okay. uh, the big picture is not that big of a deal. I mean, our, our, um, profit doesn't come from group, group class anyway. The most mm-hmm. of our profit comes from private training. So we don't offer private training on ClassPass, it's not a class, but, yeah. um, and then now we're just now looking into hiring. Actually, I did this once before. I hired somebody to run my social media mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't great, but mm-hmm. I actually have a meeting today at 1.30 with another company that's gonna, we're like in need of a new marketing video, new promo video, mm-hmm. and they proposed kind of a whole package. So we might go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now with social media, it's so easy to market that way. And it depends on where you are. We're in a college town. so. 
And surprisingly, my Instagram page says that most of my followers are 40 years old, which I was a little surprised. Um, okay. But um, I think Instagram has been great. We got a lot of like DM messages or, you know, it's just that constant exposure and eventually yep. they call or they show up um, and mm -hmm. it might be a year or two years later, but it all pays off. And that's all we do. I don't know what, what are other people doing? That's a great question. Yeah. So there are so many things to do with marketing. I mean, obviously there's the word of mouth, like right. being number one. Word of mouth has been around since cavemen have been here. Right. And it's transparently the best way when it comes to building that relationship first off. Mm -hmm. um, only downside with the word of mouth is that you're not able to predict it and not able to you know, project, okay, I'm getting eight people in. Okay, I'm getting 10, right. 12, 15, so on. Um, from what I've spoken to, you know, gym owners here, they do a lot of the Facebook and Instagram advertising. Right. So they do organic, but they also do paid advertising. Right. Um, yep. And I was wondering with that past company you mentioned, was that only organic or was it also in the paid advertising side of things? It was a little bit of both, okay. um, but we didn't see a whole lot from it. It just wasn't, this is probably 2018, 2019. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So quite a while ago then. It was a while ago. Yeah. Okay. So we're ready to dive back in. And, and quite frankly, like for us, our private training sessions um, are pretty full. So we don't have like, we don't have any mornings. Well, we just hired another trainer. So we now have a few morning sessions open, yep. but we were completely booked out morning and evening. Um, we're really kind of thinking about trying to build up these group classes, yeah. which is, you know, it's new to us. So it's like a mm -hmm. completely different beast. Um, mm -hmm. They are a different beast. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it's a lot less expensive, which is also why you're like, why is this so hard? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. Um, so what's your, you know, plan to, okay, well, let's just say you get more people in the group classes. What's your plan after that is the plan to eventually like convert them over to personalized, like one-on-one -on -one, or just keep them solely in the group? You know, because we're lucky. I mean, I basically have three private training studios Okay. in one building. So everybody, like most of the people walk through the private training studio to get to the group class. They don't have to, but that's usually the avenue they take in the studio. Mm -hmm. So they, they know what we do here. It's not really my goal necessarily. I feel like there's a place for people that just love group class and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And there's a place for people that just love private training and that's okay. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of this stuff as well so that we our private clients would have other options and it was easy for them without having to like go... Like I used to like run to my yoga studio, do a yoga class and run back so I can get my cardio and yoga at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now it's like, hey, look, we've got all here. Like if yep. you want to, you know, we can give you some running routes. We have, I mean, we have every group class you can possibly imagine. So mm -hmm. we want to give them every option. So now I don't necessarily want to convert people. If, yeah. uh, we want them to know what we offer. So if it's, if it's you know, their vibe, they can do it. Mm. But, and everything, the nice thing is all of our private training is a la carte. So we don't lock anybody in a membership or a package or a contract. Yep. So if we have our group, group X coaches will tell them like, Hey, like if you would like, you might really benefit from like a 45 minute private training session mm -hmm. just to get like your form 
you know what I mean? So you can come back and just solidified and, and get more on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fun. Okay. So the intentions are just to grow the class, not to eventually convert and well, purposely convert them over to the one-on-one. Yeah. We just want everybody to use whatever that works for them. I mean, movement yeah. so important and movement's different for everybody. Um, so yeah, we just want people to get out and do something and move. And, you know, even if they come out six days a week to our studio, that'd be amazing. And not always private training. Maybe it's a yoga class or maybe it's a boot camp or a power 60 or whatever it might be. Especially in this time that we're in, it's, you know, after Toes on a 20, when everyone's staying inside, it's oh yeah now more important than ever to get more active, get into a gym, work out, improve your health. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned that you're meeting with a company today. So is that to do mainly organic or eventually paid advertising? Too? It'll be paid advertisement. Okay. I, Cause I, I mean, with opening the second location, that's the direction we're going to have to go. People in Arbor, um, they know who I am. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty social. I try to make it out to as many events as I can, which is we talk to gym owners. If they're like going to the gym and going home, you're not going to build your business that way. You have to get to know people. You have to go to parties. You have to go to, and I'm not talking about networking things. I'm talking like get just in general, go to the school parties, go join a country club. Do like, you just have to show up and just be a normal human yeah. and not go there to sell. So have people that know you. And as they get to know you, then they have to follow your Instagram page or then they like all these things should happen organically. And then of course, then you do have another layer of people that you can never reach that you need to do the paid advertising for. Yeah. And I'm glad that you see that because I speak to a lot of gym owners here on the podcast who are completely against the paid advertising side of things because it's completely new and they don't know how to do it. But it's like in, you know, your case, you're well, like you're reaching out to experts on how to do it, how to right. manage, you know, advertising so you can grow this facility and also the second facility, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, so we covered marketing. Let's cover the sales process now. So walk me and the listeners through a typical customer journey from first point of contact to paying member. Okay. So most of our clients reach us uh, two different ways. Uh, once, either by our email. Okay. Um, and, not, yeah, well, through MindBody. So we use MindBody. So okay. it, they can contact us from our website, and it, you know, it'll email us their contact information. They can make their own profile on MindBody, which will come to us as well. Um, those are probably the two biggest ways, is all through MindBody is how we find these people. Um, sometimes we get, like, a Facebook message or an Instagram message. Um, we then follow up with an email and, um, our email just gives them like basic information. And then, um, at the end, we ask them for a consultation and we give them about three openings that we have. Yeah. Um, we also let them know that they can text us. We give them a phone number and, um, if we don't hear from them in about 24 hours, we will follow up with a text message to say like, Hey, you know, is this who we are? Thanks for reaching out. Um, these are our openings. And then we usually hear if they don't respond to email, most of the time they respond by text. Sometimes people don't respond at all, right? We all get that. Yeah. Um, they ghost you. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. But I do try to reach out right away. Like if I get an email right now, I would try to respond right now. 
I don't wait on it. I don't sit on it. These are like the most important things we need to do as gym owners. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do it, you need to hire somebody that can do it. The manager, the assistant or somebody, because there's too many of us. They will find somebody else. Even if not, I tell my trainers this all the time. Even if the trainer next door is not as good as we are, your client does not know that. Your client does not know that their program stinks. And your client Supply does not know that they're not recording. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we try to be really quick with that. We bring them in for a consultation. I get my consultations done in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. My manager is more 45 to 60. She loves me. <laughs> Dig really deep into those pain points and those opportunity <laughs> right. points. Yeah. And I, you know, I just try to have a good time with them. I, you know, I ask all the basic questions, all the parky questions everybody else asks. Um, I give them a tour of the facility. Uh, I try to, you know, usually when they come, the gym is busy so they can kind of see how we run and what we offer. Um, I think our space is pretty beautiful and comfortable and clean. Mm-hmm. So I think off the bat when they walk in, they feel like this is probably a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, from there, most of them want to train. And I think it's not scary for them because we don't require memberships or packages. I stopped doing packages years ago. Good. I mean, when I was when I was managing gyms and we had to like sell 50 to 100 session packages, that was so ridiculous. Like, why would anybody... Why did people commit to that? I have no idea. I would never commit to that with anybody right now for any service. If anybody yeah. said you could buy a hundred, like, no. Yeah. Most people already don't believe themselves enough. So they like, <laughs> and you're offering a hundred sessions and they're like, right. I don't know if I can even do the first one. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. And sometimes if they're a little, a little hesitant, that's exactly what I say. Why don't we get you on the schedule for one day? Mm-hmm. See what you think. Try it out. Give me your feedback. Let me know what you think. Do a trial. Um, see how you like it. Yeah. Um, and we're pretty unique in the fact that we have 12 trainers, but we work together as a group of trainers. So it's not like going to a big box gym where trainers are salespeople and fighting for clients. And mm. um, or it's like a shark trainers. tank. Yeah. I mean, all my clients are like fed clients on a silver platter. Mm. Um, and they're phenomenal at what they do. They're the, they're the best trainers around. Um but that is very unique in the fact that most of our clients see more than one trainer per week. And it's all still run on one program. Yep. So it's very seamless. It's very easy. Um, I would encourage other people to do it as well, because it's just almost becomes impossible when you run a larger facility to have your, to find time for that client with the same trainer three, four days a week. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned something there that caught my attention. Like as soon as you see that come through, you get on it, which mm-hmm. I want to edify that. Cause that means like speed is king, like speed oh, yeah. is king in any kind of business. Like also Absolutely. from the, you know, customer perspective or, you know, prospect perspective, the quicker you respond, you know, that makes them feel good. Like, okay, they actually saw my inquiry. They actually care about my goals. And we try to make it very, yeah, we try to personalize it. Even though we have a pretty generic copy paste that we do. (laughs) If somebody said, I'm interested in nutrition and and strength training and I'm a runner, we're going to take that message and we're going to add to it. Like, that's so exciting. I'm glad you're a runner. Our manager's a runner. She runs marathons. We would love to help you with this and our nutrition. Like, really make exactly. it detail-oriented towards that person because then they like you said they feel special and and like and if you think about how you like things when I contact a business 
I'm usually ready to buy right now. If I've contacted you, I'm ready to buy. I'm not really. My intentions are to give you my credit card yeah. number and buy yes. right now. And if you take it too long, I start to think like, well, do I really need that? You know, like mm-hmm. maybe I don't. Maybe I'll do just Pilates. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know. It's like, it's, there's a saying that I've heard, you know, from salespeople. It's like when the buyer is like going through like buyer's heat. Yeah. get them on right now because right. that he could go away and then you're never going to see him again. Oh, like absolutely. you said, there's so many facilities and gyms and studios around oh, other sure. gyms that if you don't be attentive, then they're just going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure not to go there ever again. Right. Go here instead. <laughs> absolutely. Out of absolutely. a selfish human, you know, kind of, kind of vengeance thing. But anyway, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it sounds like that whole sales process is streamlined. And I love to hear that. Um, but you didn't mention that there's any kind of like phone calls. So do you guys do any kind of like calling or anything or? Not a lot. Um, I'll be honest with you. My secret on phone calls, I have a little bit of anxiety about making phone calls. I don't like to make phone calls. If I get a client that I know, you can get an idea, right? From their um, initial contact. If I know they need a phone call, I give it to my manager and she calls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's just my, that's like my weakness. I'll do it if I absolutely have to, but it's not like I can call current clients, but I'm not a fan of calling but, people. But cold new people. Yeah, are like, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. And I'm like that. at an age where I'm okay being like, I don't really like that. And I'm not uh-huh. going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking, like, why do you feel that is? Like, I don't know. I think I've like had yeah, like what's like the the wall that's holding you up from like getting to do that? I don't know. I just don't love it. You know, it's funny. My younger son's the same way. Like he doesn't like to really make phone calls or like he, I'm sure actually a lot of parents can relate to this, especially like their kids I, I had were growing up in 2020. Um, like he had a hard time even like ordering pizza. Like he was like, I can't do it. I relate to that too. I remember when I used to like call Pizza Hut or Domino's around here in my hometown and I'd be like, Ma, I don't want to call them. Can you just call them? Order me a small pepperoni pizza with extra cheese, please. Right. He'd be like, no, you can call right now. And I'm like, hello, hello. uh, Yeah. Can I have a a small pepperoni pizza, please? Yes. Either um, that or he's just like, well, he's kind of over it now, but, or they'll just say like, forget it. I just won't eat it. I just, I don't need pizza. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's the fear that, that keeps yeah. you back from doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I went through that a lot uh, <laughs> and, until, you know, you just do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands oh, yeah. of calls. And then eventually oh, sure. after you get told no so many times and you get hung up so many times, you're like, all right, well, it's going right. to happen either way. Well, so yeah, might as well just do it. Rejection. It's not even a rejection thing for me. I don't even know what it is. I just don't like to call new people. Hmm. Maybe it's like the, the I don't know. Hmm. I mean, in this world too, like we all prefer text because everything's going by text nowadays, like social right. media is all that stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of like ingrained in our like brain in a way to like consistently always text. I don't call my friends. I'll text them and we'll make plans and we'll meet mm-hmm. up and have, you know, lunch or dinner, but I don't call them. It's like, Hey, Rachel, let's meet here. Not call 
Hey, right. Rachel. Um, oh, somebody calls me. I'm like, why are you calling me? Like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happened? I, yes. It must be an emergency. <laughs> yes. I relate to that very much. But um, let's get back on track here, Aaron. Um, let's dive into retention. So, you know, what are you guys doing right now to, you know, keep the membership base? Because obviously it's guaranteed that people are going to leave. That's just our industry oh, in general. Really? So what kind of, you know, systems do you guys have in place to keep your members for like the long term? Because you do do that, like the a la carte, you know, pay system. So how do you really right. make them buy in? Um, you know, I don't really have a system. Um, I think my system is creating a really strong team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we work on this. We So we meet as a team every Monday and, um, we just had some really awesome Google reviews and I wanted to share that with them. And I started the meeting with like, I know you guys are tired of hearing me talk about the experience of the gym because we talk about it every Monday, mm-hmm. but we talk about it forever because if you, you know, it'll slip, right? People get comfortable, it'll slip. So the experience our clients have at the gym is what I believe keeps our clients coming to our gym. Um, we are in a very transient area. We're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we're University of Michigan. People come in and out. We, yeah. have, we train a lot of grad students, we train a lot of undergrads, professors, people are in and out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just part of the nature of our game, but we built those spots really fast. Yeah, and like being in that larger area, it's sometimes hard to, you know, keep people longer because, just be real, college kids, not all of them are from Michigan yeah. or surrounding all our, towns. All of our college kids, I would say... I think I can say all of our college students are out of state. Mm-hmm. And I and I believe part of that is a lot of the coastal states value fitness more than we do in the Midwest. And even though I don't really think Michigan's Midwest, but you know, we're considered Midwest. It's I feel like around there. Yeah. I like we're closer to New York. We're like <laughs> just right here. Yeah. Um we like we had a lot of kids in New York, Connecticut, and Jersey, Miami, California, Texas. Um, but I feel like those places value fitness more, in even in their even for their children. And I've also heard that from you know other gym owners who are located around you over in Green Bay and you know right. what's it called, uh, Euclid and like Lacrosse. Like they said, over here in the Midwest, kind of people don't value health and fitness as much as other people do, which obviously right. it's, it's hard to, you know, really keep those people because it's not their, you know, I guess it's not significant to them, but um, that's where, you know, the paid advertising comes in where you always have to be going out, getting more Absolutely. people coming in. Cause right. People well, leave, we live in a very, very educated town. Yep. So the people of Ann Arbor are, I mean, they're working out. We have a lot of gyms here, um, but Ann Arbor is a bubble of Michigan. There's really no city like it here. So, yeah, I can see where that's the be. Uh, it's the odd city town out that's better than everything else, right? <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh man, that is great. Um, Aaron, one last question here sure. for you. Let's just go back 12 years ago, you know, when you first got into running your own gym business, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? 
One piece of advice. I would have taken more risks. I would have taken more risks earlier on. I think I played it safe for a while. Um, we're taking a lot more risks the last few years than we ever have. Um, but I think we could have made it years ago. And how has taking more risk impacted you know you personally as a gym owner and also the business? And I said wonders for the business. I mean, when you're willing to step out of your comfort zone, which is what we tell our clients every day, right? Step out of your comfort zone. Um, it's scary, uh, especially before we did this expansion. I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like we were, it was fine. It was good. We we're having a great time. We were busy, but we were um, also busting out of the seams. Like we didn't have enough room. Yeah. Um, I could have stayed that way and I could have turned people away. Uh, instead, my manager and I decided like, let's push forward. We doubled size and it was scary. We we're like, what if we don't fill this space up? <laughs> yeah. How are we going to pay for this? This is mm -hmm. going to be ridiculous, but it all worked out and it's beautiful. And we love being here and it's continually growing. Um, and then I think as a person, it just, it just builds your confidence that, you know, you can do a lot more. Um, I'm in my mid forties. So for me, it's like, you get to this age, you just start to think like, okay, 20 more years, 30 more years. Like, what do we have here? What are we working with? So I want to do a lot more, which is why I want to um, open up that second location. Yeah. Just. Keep. And if you fail, you fail. You'll find something else. Yeah, and let's just be real. The only way to learn is to fail. Very cheesy line, but it's the truth. It like, is the truth. Absolutely. You have to mess up in order to figure out how to navigate the next avenue or journey of a business, life, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, Aaron, it does look like we are running short on time, but oh. before we hop off. Why don't you share your social medias and your uh, website link so our listeners can find you? Oh, awesome. So everything is just Aaron Cantrell Fitness. So Instagram, Facebook, our website's AaronCantrellFitness.com. Um, and I would love to, I mean, if any gym owners have questions or anything, I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind spelling out the last name there, because yeah, Cantrell out. is, yeah, C-A-N as in Nancy, T as in Tom. R-E-L-L. There we go. Aaron is E-R-I-N. I know sometimes there's some confusion there too. Make sure you get it right. My goodness. But yeah, Aaron, uh, I do want to thank you for hopping on today. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks it was a lot of fun. Me. I appreciate it. Of course. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to join us to, to, to talk about your gym model, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free Leave Your Credit Card at Home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Michael Sutton, owner of UFIT First Personal Training in New York City. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yes, super excited to have you on. Um, before we dive into the business, I want to hear about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, you know, in New York City, I just felt like there was, there's so many people to train. And instead of running around everywhere, I just wanted a central location where I could have everyone come to me. So um, I've been in the gym business and the gym health and wellness industry for 20 plus years. So I know the hustle and bustle and the grind and the peaks and valleys and highs and lows. And I was like, you know what? I'm so passionate about this profession. Let me make a run of it and let me try to do it. That's awesome. Have you always been from New York City? Always. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I feel like not only knowing the gym industry, but knowing New York City is like its own, you know, culture to kind of get into. Oh, involved. yes. That's yes. Awesome. That's yes. awesome. Um, so tell me about the gym now. So you fit first personal training. Um, tell us about the services you offer. How do you describe it to yeah. someone who's never been in? So new, how would I describe it? So you fit first is a New York city based personal training company. Um, we cater to people actually coming to iGym to train, but what we also do is we cater to residents of luxury buildings that have on-site fitness facilities and we go to them. So one of our models is like, we bring fitness to you. So there's no excuses. You could come to us. Oh, you can't come to us. Fine. We'll come to you. So that's awesome. Yeah. Tell us how you kind of broke into that side of things. The travel part. Was that, you know, when you created the gym, was it always that way or did you add that in later? No, it was sort of always that way. I mean, I know, especially now, you know, it's like immediate gratification and people want things very simple, like the easiest way. So it was just kind of like, hmm, okay, so if this person lives here and they having a problem with the commute or whatever the case may be, like work, especially now where a lot of people are working from home and a lot of people in New York City have gyms in their building, we was just like, okay, we'll come to you. We'll make it even easier for you. Okay. So we'll just come to you. So that's how that sort of all came about. Um, I worked for a company that sort of did this um, some years ago. Um, and the company did everything from personal training to yoga to swimming and did everything. Um, and that company went under and in the interim of that and me having a client and, and she just recommended, she was like, Mike, you, you know, you could do this. You could, you could do it in yourself. And like you're passionate about personal training, you know, just really, really make it a business and really go for it yeah that's awesome that's very entrepreneurial you know yeah you, thank you see, see the way you can do it better and do it yourself and, and go yeah absolutely awesome. yeah so you opened um four and a half years ago coming up on five years now yes um, you've been around for a while you've seen a lot in the industry um yes. notably you saw a pandemic in new york city oh, so yes tell us how were you able to pivot at such a you know lockdown time how were you able to come out the other side yeah. You know, that's very interesting because you first started in June of 2018. And I would say like that first year and a half was just sort of building the, the, the foundation, right, of, of location, uh, um, logo, apparel, services, vetting trainers. And that literally took about a year and a half website. And then the next thing you know, COVID hit. And then like all the gyms shut down. So we were shut down. We couldn't do anything. It was like, I mean, I had a gym in my building at the time. We couldn't even use the gym in our building, like even just the regular little gym and buildings. So, I mean, they shut down everything. So 
you know, again, you know, you just have to adapt, right? That's what you have to do when you when you face with adversity, you have to adapt. So uh, that's when obviously online training became such a big thing. And it was, you know, everybody was training through Zoom and WhatsApp. And, you know, in New York City, people, we were, we were so creative. We were training in parks. I mean, it was literally like winter time. I mean, 20, 30 degrees, people be bundled up, but they'll be training with their trainers in the park. And that's what we had to do, you know, not to stop New York's. So, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. All my New Yorkers would bundle up and go out. And yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. That's awesome. So you, you pivoted to mostly online during that time. Do you still do online? Has that kind I of still do online. Yes, yes, I still do online because ironically, you know, even during that COVID time, a lot of people actually moved out of New York City. So I have clients in California, Florida, like people, obviously everyone moved to warmer climates, right? Everyone moved to Texas and, and Florida and California, right? So a lot of people just kind of like got out of New York, but you know, they still, you know, valued the services that we provided and they still wanted to uh, still train with us even online. So that's been a blessing in itself. So I'm grateful to still um, have and maintain those clients even from a distance. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a testament to the loyalty you've built, the connections you've made yes. that they want to stick with you even if they're not, you know, yes. city. I think that's awesome. So yes. tell us, how do you find your clients? So what's your strategy for marketing, advertising? How do people hear about you? You know what, to be honest, I have a very old school way of, of, of attaining new clients. And it's really just through word of mouth. It's really just through word of mouth. Like I do social media, but and obviously right now having a business, you have to have some sort of social media presence, but I don't really get business from social media. I really get business through other clients, telling other clients, other clients telling other people. And, you know, they may look up the website and, you know, they may even, I've had some people even just come check out a workout, you know what I mean? Just to see kind of like what the vibe is, what the synergy is. Um, because, you know, it's different for someone to tell you about training, but actually experiencing and seeing it for yourself, you get, you know, you can really grasp it. And, and that's how we that's pretty much how we get all of our, our clients really it's just through word of mouth. So not no, there's no budget for marketing or anything like that in advertising other than through like social media. But again, that's, that's a very little niche of our, of our business. That's awesome. Yeah. I think the word of mouth is a good testament again to your business. And you know, if, if people are telling their friends, then their friends automatically have a good perception of you. They already trust the service because you know, they're exactly. coming someone they trust. Exactly. So I think that's great. I think the only challenge there is you're kind of not in control of how many leads are coming in or out because it's kind of in the members' hands. I think that's the yes. really only downside to it. Um, so yeah. what are your growth goals? Or do you have, you know, aspirations of more members? Are you comfortable with where it's at now? Tell me about your oh, well, you know, any anyone with any business is always about growth, right? Is yeah, this is yeah. this this it's no such thing as too much business, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we're looking to grow. Um, we, you know, we're looking to increase our client base. Um, we're looking to venture out to uh hopefully, I would say one of the main goals is to work with either a developer or a property management company and for you fit first to be the sole provider of their health and wellness services for all the residents in the in the building. Yeah, that so that's awesome. pretty much like sort of like the ultimate, like sort of like end goal. Yeah, definitely. What would you say is like the biggest challenge you face now in getting to those those future goals? What's been the hardest thing? Um, to be honest, I think COVID has made a lot of people lazy. <laughs> so usually it wouldn't be hard to really get in contact with people, but now with people working from home 
And uh, it's, you know, so the climate's just sort of changed a little bit, you know, even just getting one-on-one -on -one meetings aren't as easy as, as they used to be, right? Because again, a lot of people are working from home, they're not in the office. So, and with my busy schedule, a lot of times it's just kind of hard to really connect with people because I'm so busy myself. Okay. So I would say that's the hardest thing is just really uh, getting a face-to-face -face with people. I think that's the, for the, I see that as the hardest uh, thing going forward. Definitely. Yeah. Would you consider leaning on that social media more, you know, to get the word out, um, maybe using digital advertising to, to get more people in the door to get some brand recognition? Is that something that you can Yes, absolutely. Anyone who, anyone could tell you that knows me knows that I'm not a huge fan of social media. And the funny thing about social media, I actually lost my social media a few months ago. So my, my Instagram, Facebook, all of it was, was, was just gone. So I literally just in the past month, just created all new, all new accounts for it. So now, you know, in the process of sort of building that back up, you know, I was doing some videos would get like 10,000 views. And then next thing you know, it's like gone. So I'm definitely in the process of building it that I would say personally, that is sort of like the weakest chink in my armor is putting out content for social media so people could be more familiar with the brand so that's definitely a new year goal is to yeah. do better with social media yeah yeah I think that's a good goal. and you're definitely not alone in it either i think you know a lot of us get into this industry most of us because we're personal trainers we have a passion for health for fitness for helping people and marketing and social media facebook ad campaign manager is not our first language and it's not something that you know very true yeah like it's, anything so else, it's like it's something you're gonna have to you know set time aside for and when you're a business owner and a coach you know that yes attracts super yes. So, yeah even yeah. even just recording my own content to, to to post on instagram or facebook or whatever it's like it's daunting to me mm -hmm. to set up the camera to set up the stand set up my phone or to ask someone it's like oh but i know like in this day and age like you basically have to do it there's no yeah. getting around it yeah. No yeah we're kind of at that point where it's now getting into a must-have to get to that next layer of growth because you know everyone's exactly. doing it so yeah yes. unfortunately yeah it's one of those I know. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, but let's go back to like the client journey let's say so let's say somebody okay. does find you on social media or somebody tells their friend about you and they call they text they email whatever okay. they get in touch with you what's the next step how do you take that um inquiry and turn them into a member Okay, so the first thing I do is I have them fill out a client questionnaire. So they could either I'll either do it personally, if they if they would like, or they could go uh, on the website and fill out a, cl a client questionnaire. Once they fill out that client questionnaire, we figure we figure out you know their medical history, uh, their exercise goals, um, you know times they want to train, days they want to train. Um, what type of training they look for because we offer so many different services from just regular one-on-one -on -one personal training to corrective exercise to kickboxing to pre and postnatal so we it it's all depends on where that person is at in their fitness journey and then from there um depending on the questionnaire they filled out or if talking to me personally i can kind of match up the best trainer that i feel would that will work best for them. And not only in a uh, physical aspect, but also um, also sort of like a, a personality aspect as well, right? So who did this person could really mesh with personality wise? And then, I, and then I usually just pass them on from there. 
Yeah, I think that's right. There's such like a mental psychological component to fitness that often gets overlooked. And I think it's so important to, you know, find a trainer that matches well with your personality and can also, you know, bring you to your goals. So I think that's really exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the best of both worlds. I feel like both sort of have to be in sync, especially not only to to get the client, but to also maintain the client, to have this client training long-term. So yeah, I feel like we both have to be in sync. That's going to be my next question. So they're in the door, they're a client now. How do we keep them long-term? Like what are the strategies um, to make sure people are accountable and, you know, sticking absolutely, to Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, holding them, yes, absolutely. Um, first of all, being professional is number one, you know, offering them top, top quality service, um, listening to them, challenging them, um, we have a saying where complacency is not an option. So we will always push them just when they think they've reached a goal. Okay, let's move to this goal, right? So it's always challenging them. And that's what, uh, that's what keeps a lot of people engaged, right? Because people chase that challenge, right? So a lot of people, you know, they want to feel challenged, right? That's why they train with trainers, right? To hold them accountable and challenge them and help them ultimately achieve their fitness goals. And, and a lot of times beyond their fitness goals to take them places where they actually never thought you know, you know, they would be. So I think that's one of the main things. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. Making sure, you know, people come to a trainer to get that accountability and to get that push and to make them mm -hmm. their own goals. And that's something that you can't get if you walk into an open gym and try to do it. Yourself, exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, most people who come into a gym, the majority of people are intimidated, you mm -hmm. know, and that's why people, you know, they join and then they don't go anymore. You know what I mean? Because one, they don't know what to do. They're intimidated. So it's just all these emotions and they just like, you know what, forget it. Let's, I can't, can't deal with it. Yeah, you know? exactly. As trainers, we got to simplify it, put it into perspective and, you know, keep exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So curious about you as a gym owner, what's your goal? Would you prefer to be training all day long or step back from training and focus on a business or a combination of both? What's your ideal role look like? That's a, that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to say a combination of both. I love, I love training way too much. It's, it's my passion. I mean, literally if let's just say we lived in the world where money was not an issue, right? You didn't need money and but everyone had to do a job. Everyone had to pick a profession. I will still be doing what I'm doing now. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So compared to how much you coach now, are you happy with the amount you're coaching? Would you like to step back or step into it more? I've, yes. So I've actually already stepped back. Um, I, I don't do more than to be honest, maybe five or six clients a day. That's it. And then from there, I step back. I focus in, focus on growing and, and maintaining the business. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I cut my training back. I, I mean, I cut my training back drastically. I mean, people who used to train with me, I mean, I've had clients who've trained with me for like 20 plus years now. Um, and I would, I would literally on some days I would train 13 people in a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would train 13 people in a day is, is no exaggerating. Like, and at like eight, nine clients was just kind of like, uh, it's an all right day. Like I literally, the gym, when I first started training, the gym I used to train at was in a basement. I wouldn't see daylight. I would always order my food in between clients. I would, I would come in as dark, I leave as dark and I would just, that was my rotation. Yeah. I think it's when you're starting out, like you have to do what you have to do, right? Like it's your business. Exactly. But it's yeah. nice that you're now at a point where you can, you know, take a step back from the grind, I guess you could say, of training that mm -hmm. many people in a row, where you're now mm -hmm. able to focus on your business as a whole, too. And I think that's yes. why a lot of gym owners want to get to. Yes. Yes. What What do you use to keep yourself, you know, organized day to day? How do you keep track of clients versus, you know, what you have to do? 
day to day? What are your strategies? Google Calendar. Heck yeah, me too. <laughs> Google Calendar. It has to go in the Google Calendar. That's it. That's it. Do you have any softwares that keep track of like clients and trainers or is it all you kind of like share Google calendars? No, all in my Google calendar. Nice. Nice. Everything's Google calendar. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do too. I mean, <laughs> okay. So what would be a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to open their own gym? You know, like I mentioned to you, a lot of listeners yeah. do own a gym, but a lot of listeners listen because they want to own a gym someday. So yeah. if you could um, tell that listener something, what would it be? Um, trust the process. Believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You're going to have a, a lot of high and lows, peaks and valleys, but believe in yourself. Um, and don't give up. Don't quit. Just stay at it. Just stay at it. Consistency. It's like with anything is the key. So just stay at it, keep grinding away at it. And eventually it will happen and it will work for you. Yep, definitely. I think you're a testament to that. You, you know, you started, you were grinding 13 clients a day, um, but yeah. you kept pushing through because you saw, you know, the light at the end and now yes. you know, you've been able to take a step back. So I think that's, that's really good advice. Like if it's hard, yeah. keep pushing through. That's yeah, you keep doing. pushing through. Yes. It's, right. It's exactly what we tell like clients right they having hard exercise right you, you push through it right and even if you even if you kind of fall short this time don't think you're not going to see this exercise again we're going to do it again and you're going to be surprised that you could look back over time and be like wow i remember when i couldn't do you know 10 push-ups or you know 20 burpees or whatever or 30 walkouts and you're like okay this is where we're at now so yeah, it's yeah. always good to look back there's so much parallel between pushing through an exercise and in life and i think that's absolutely so important like if you would have stopped when you couldn't do a push-up you would never be at the point now where you can do 30 you know so exactly exactly it all has to start somewhere right we all start from somewhere right and everyone's journey is different so yeah absolutely i think that's a good place to start to wrap things up um that was good knowledge to leave us with um but before we do so where can we find you what's your website um your social media Okay. Back up and running soon. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the website is ufitfirst.com. So that's the letter U F I T first F I R S T dot com. Um, my Instagram is ufit underscore first underscore personal underscore training, and it's the same for um, Facebook is ufit first personal training LLC. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you again, Mike, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, listeners out there, if you're ever in New York City, go check out You Fit First. Get a good workout in. Visit Mike. <laughs> um, but again, we appreciate all of you for listening today. If you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Tom from Body Development. What's going on, Tom? How are you doing today? Yeah, good, Emily. Good, good, good. We are definitely excited to have you on today, you know, but before we dive into the nitty gritty, tell us a little bit about how you run body development and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Okay, so body development is a 1500 square foot facility. We specialize in small group uh, PT or what was previously known as kind of small classes and one-to-one PT. Um, Our age range is from teenagers through Tom, I lost your audio. It's all good here. Yep, there it is. I can hear you now. All right. Last thing I heard you said was like your age range, and then that's when it cut out. Yes, so age range is from teenagers all the way through to seniors. Our oldest at the moment, I think, is 81. Um, For the most part, we're training uh, professionals from 30 to 60 years old. Um, We train them in groups and we have different disciplines that we run in the gym. So we have different weight training disciplines. We have a mobility program, which is triple tiered. Um, So there are three parts to that, ending in calisthenics. Um, So, you know, ring work, basic gymnastic skills. Um, We teach Tai Chi, we teach boxing. um, We coach different metabolic conditioning classes, but they're all designed in-house by us. So we don't buy in any classes or any structures. Apart from that, we train, you can see the gym behind me. Um, We train people with just adjustable dumbbells. We have a strength area upstairs for those with a real interest in strength. Um, But what we try and do is fine tune people's thought process to what they actually want to achieve. And then we give them both direction, coaching, and a time structure um, to try and get them pretty proficient in what they do. Gotcha. Okay. So tell us, Tom, like, what made you want to start body development in the first place? Okay, so when I was at school, I fell in love with the gym when I was about 11 years old. And I used to bunk off classes to go to the gym. And I trained, I guess, pretty much every day from the age of 11 onwards. Um, And I used it to help with my, you know, uh, rugby and stuff like that. And then I got heavily involved in martial arts when I was about 15 and carried that through. Um, And I just enjoyed all the facets of training, be it with free weights, machines, uh, traditional training regimes, which you have in martial arts, all sorts of other things. And from when I left school, I did all sorts of different jobs, but I always worked in the gym with the desire to open my own facility 
when I felt that I was competent enough. Um, and at uh, where I was, at, at 31, we opened, uh, I opened my own facility. Okay, so probably quite late for most guys these days. Um, but I had continuously worked in a gym since leaving school. So I had um, about 15 years experience before I opened my own. You said you had 15 years of experience in the health and wellness industry before you decided to open yeah. your place? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that experience, would you say that that helped you develop like the skills needed to run a successful business? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's paramount for people to spend time developing themselves as a coach before they open a facility. Um, now being a facility owner, there's, there are various pressures on you that you don't necessarily think about when you're just coaching people. So obviously, you know, you do initially have that pressure of making sales and retention and everything else until you're established. Um, whereas if you're a coach and you're working from either somebody else's facility or private, your main focus is coaching. And what I suggest, or most of the people, most of the coaches that I talk to and that I see, um, they spend time developing their skills and then they either go and climb the ladder within whichever organization they're in, or they branch out and they open their own facility to concentrate on the areas of expertise that they are best at coaching and they really enjoy. Yeah. So from your perspective, because you've been in the fitness industry for a long time, right? Yeah. If you could rely on two skills and I'll preface this by saying like, this is for like maybe a personal trainer who is thinking about starting a gym or even like a, a business owner that just started their gym within, you know, the past 12 months. What are the two most important skills when you're first starting up a gym to help it get, you know, up and running? Okay. So it's hard to define it down to two skills because you're probably going to need more, but uh, you need to be able to empathize with the people that you're coaching. So as a business so what's owner, your, I mean, interrupt you, but like, what's your definition of empathy? I need to be able to put myself in their shoes to kind of, how is this person going to feel walking into a gym? Because for a lot of people, it's, can be quite nerve wracking, especially if they're not used to walking into a gym. If you get somebody walking into a gym and they have a negative experience, that can really compromise their confidence going forward. Um, but you also, you wanna set out your own standards. So what standards, what criteria do you want to meet as both the gym owner and what standard of coaching do you want to deliver? Because this will help dictate who you actually appeal towards. We're not the right gym for everyone, but we only need 105 members to be at capacity. Um, and we live in a city of near enough 100,000 people, um, and there are gyms everywhere, okay? Um, but we have the right fit come to us whereas you know we're sandwiched between like four or five commercial gyms um and we're not the right fit for many of the people that go to them 
Okay. So it's, it's, it's kind of finding your fit. Finding your fit. Um, so would you say that you have, I know that you said like earlier, like professionals in their thirties, would you say yeah. that you have, like, what's your niche or what's a good, what, who is a person that's a good fit for your gym and how are you like marketing towards these people or getting these people in your gym? So let's, we use social media as an, to purely give an idea of what it's like to train at our gym. So if you go to our social media feeds on Instagram, um, we show you what classes are like. We have full classes available on YouTube, um, which you can look at because we have a very different kind of vibe in our gym compared to most. Um, so we use Instagram and Facebook as a way of, well, this is what it's like to train with us. So that's kind of our business card or what would have been our business card. Remember, I'm old, so business cards aren't around anymore, okay? Um, but that, uh, that, that's, that, that acts as that. Most of our marketing actually comes though, from word of mouth because we kind of know where most of our clients come from. So what we'll do is we'll use three or four postcodes to market towards. Um, and, you know, we're well established. We, my longest standing client is 32 years. I have a number who have been with me over 17 years. And our average client in this gym is kind of nine years. I think now I'd have to double check that with the wife, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and they keep coming back because of two things. One, the coaching, two, the community. So the coaching has to be on point. You have to be a very, very, very good coach and you have to be very adaptable. And then you will attract clients who want to be coachable. This is a big thing. You have to make yourself attractive to the people that you're that you want to coach. And um, you know, we enjoy every member that we coach. We enjoy spending time with them. Um, we enjoy coaching the groups. We always have a laugh with them, and they keep coming back. So we we seem to be okay at retention. Okay. So I want to talk. I do want to talk a little bit more about client retention yeah um what are you guys doing like internally within your company like specifically like that makes people want to stay we talk to people we we, we get to know our clients we talk to them they can touch base with me all they have to do is say tom can i have 15 minutes this week and we can book them in for a 15 minute consult they know the times where um we can fit them in for that um we have many clients where we are coaching like the mother and father the kids and in some cases the grandparents so we might have three generations of a family coming to us and then we have various other family members cousins and blah 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 um but the main thing we are is we're you know they're people we're people we just listen to what they want, we give them our advice. Um, and that seems to work well for retention. I don't make it overly structured. So we have different things running at the gym. We follow a seasonal periodization program. So first of all, the clients know pretty much what they're working on month to month and within which season, whether we're gonna be focusing 
more on certain aspects of strength or certain aspects of um, whatever else, okay? They have different disciplines they can choose from, like I've said previously, um, which are skill-based, conditioning, or non-skill-based. So for instance, boxing would be skill-based, sitting on a bike and you know doing your um, steady state cardio is low skill okay you all you've got to do is not fall off the bike right um so we challenge people's ability to train with skill in terms of if they want to do our punch out classes which are our boxing classes they have to learn the set techniques and to be able to demonstrate them well and that helped upsell personal training because people wanting to come into those classes need personal training first to uh, get the basics before they can join in the training. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So with all that you guys have to offer at body development, would you say that your members are kind of doing like a hybrid, like some people take the classes and personal training or is it like one or the other? No, so some people do both. So I liken it to being back at school. So let's say you were doing mathematics and you needed a little bit of extra help to get better at mathematics, mm -hmm. you'd get a private tutor. And personal training is no different. It's, you know, the person might be struggling with certain techniques. You know yourself being a coach, a lot of people struggle with things like hip hinges, learning how to do something like a Romanian deadlift really, really well. So we'll have, um, you know, very, very good coaching. Most of the guys in the gym are very, very good at that. So they're good visual representations for new people coming in. But we might need to free up. It doesn't have to be an hour-long session. We don't, we don't sell personal training like that. We sell it on a session-by-session -session basis. Um, and, you know, we generally get things covered within, like, 15 minutes if it's just one thing that we need to tweak, um, up to 45 minutes, but no longer. Okay. So when you say like session per session, are they just purchasing like single sessions when they want to do personal if, training? If it's something specific, if somebody wants to work exclusively one-to-one -one with us, gotcha. then it's a minimum of two sessions per week for eight weeks as a minimum. Um, otherwise, we, we, we don't go there. And that's like a premium product that costs obviously a lot more than anything else. Yeah, as it should. Yeah. Um, so tell us, like, Tom, what does your day-to-day -day look like from a business okay. owner standpoint? Okay, so my day, I'm up at 5 a.m., uh, there or thereabouts, um, and I'm either working at home or I'm in the car. So three days a week, I'm in the car. I only live six, seven minutes away, and I get to work at about quarter to six, um, and the first job of the day is the most important job of the day, cleaning the gym, getting it ready and tidy and laid out for the clients when they come in. Our first class is 6.30 a.m., then we have a 7.15 a.m., then often an 8 a.m., a 9.30, and a 10.30. Then Are you we teaching all those classes? No, not all of them. I, this morning I did four back-to-back, -back, which is a typical Tuesday, but it varies day-to-day. And then yeah. I'll do four, I do four back to back most evenings. I, um, and then my wife co does most of the coaching on a Wednesday, where I, I always do the evenings, but she does the early start. And then our intern, Ella, uh, coaches the Monday morning 
and then we joint coach on a Thursday and a Friday morning because okay. they're busy classes, a little bit more skill involved in the classes. So we like to have two coaches and we have a maximum of 14 people in the gym at one time, generally. Gotcha. Okay. So what do you usually do like with that break that you have like in between? Are you taking time for yourself, working out, um, doing other things to help your business continue to grow? Yeah, so my non-negotiable training each day is Tai Chi. Um, so I've been practicing Tai Chi for 30 years um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so generally I work through and I have a kind of system that I, I work on, which, was the, um, uh, which, which my coach, Neil, helped, uh, helps me with. And I still get one-to-one -one coaching from him every week. Um, I coach and get treated by a physio every week who I've seen for seven or eight years. So he comes, I coach him in calisthenics and he then treats me. Um, and three times a week I'll do weight training work. It might be kettlebells, it might be using the heavy clubs, the Indian clubs and the Persian meals, things like that. Um, or it might be kind of traditional free weight training. Yeah, okay. So earlier, you know, before we went on air for the actual interview, we were talking yeah. a little bit about like the goals that you have for body development. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners, like, what goals do you have for your gym in the year of 2023? Okay. So first of all, I'm kind of happy with life right now. Okay. So my main goal is keeping my clients happy, uh, keeping my wife and Ella happy with what they're doing because we have a, a good thing going right now. And I've learned that it's like in business, some years you make a profit, some years you make a loss, okay? So right now as a gym, we're making a profit, not, not only kind of financially, but more so we're really enjoying our time here. And that's always in a state of flux. So, what my main priority is steadily adapting to suit the clients that we see to get as they age because most of our clients stay with them so i'm trying to future proof the business by looking at what are they going to need as we get older i made huge changes to the business um after covid because of what i saw in people with their stress response um in terms of financial goals, etc., kind of everyone seems to be chasing this like Instagram lifestyle, which I'm not kind of so sure about. Do I want to travel more? Yeah, but I do get to travel with work as well. I've presented in Australia, I've presented in Spain, I've presented in Dubai, um, you know, and I'm often asked to go and coach um, elsewhere in the world, but I turn it down because it will conflict with my ability to coach clients and I might be prepping I, I do quite a bit of work with different athletes and I might be prepping various athletes for various um, endeavors and that might conflict with that so the clients kind of come first for me um, so in terms of a huge structured kind of layout and developing and taking on more staff or a bigger space I haven't got those kind of goals. I'm kind of happy with what I have and it's maintaining that and gradually, you know, um, prices will increase structurally bit by bit 
Um, but from a financial standpoint, I develop the uh, coaching, the personal training side of the business, which adds income to the business, as it were. Um, and I also do quite a bit of work for Lift the Bar, um, which is a great uh, resource for personal trainers, uh, which is global. Um, and I run a series of masterclasses for them from both here and I go to a few different facilities around the country. Um, and coach the personal trainers um, on what I consider the nuts and bolts of being a good coach. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So to sum it all up, basically, like, you're kind of good with where your business is at right now. Like you said, yeah. you're happy with things the way that yeah. they are. Uh, your main focus is keeping your clients happy, making sure your family is happy. Not necessarily in growth mode right now, but, no. like, your business is making a profit, which is great. So congratulations on that. And then just uh, seems like you're working on some additional, you know, streams to help to, you know, increase the revenue to your business. Does that sound? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that sounds about right. We are, we are, we are kind of working on a book and a couple of other things at the moment, but it's not a big priority right now. Right yeah. now is keeping everything. Um, it, it's about enjoying what we do. I think so many people get so wrapped up in having to perform at a kind of level which may not be the right level for them. Whereas, and I've done that myself. Um, but, but right now, I'm I'm happy. I you know I I, I do I, I work a lot. You know, we say that we're we're kind of at work 14 hours a day. We're not at work 14 hours a day, but we're constantly thinking about work and how we can better it. Um, and then I give myself a couple of days off at the weekend where I do my hobbies. Um, and I do have certain times in the day, but often, even on a break, I find myself reading um, or listening to material that is going to help me grow as a coach. So my primary is to continue to grow as a coach. Um, and the better I can coach people, the more established the business becomes, the better I can help uh, the clients that I see get the results that they want. Uh, the money seems to keep coming in. All righty, Tom. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay, so we're on um, uh, our website is bodydevelopment.co.uk. Uh, we are on Instagram, just search body development, Facebook, search body development and YouTube again, body development UK. And you can see what we're all about. Okay. All righty. Thank you, Tom. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. Also to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you guys as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.